0: But I was getting these prophetic words, word after word, right? And looking back, it really stems from like the first promise of God saying like warning, like this man's not your husband because I have someone for you. But I was getting word after word, like your husband is coming. Your husband is coming after I was in this relationship. And I was like, Lord, if I hear one more word about my husband is coming and he I'm going to flip out.
1: Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. I am grateful to have Sydney Goldman with me on the program today, and we're going to talk more about her story. And uh, we'll get started with that in just a moment. Sydney, thank you so much for being with me. I'm and
0: excited to be here. Yay! It's
1: been uh, it's been a while in the making, but yeah. w- our schedule has just been so busy at work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but uh, one of the things that I love about Working with you is the fact that our office is, you know, it's kind of communal,
0: mm-hmm,
1: and uh, our our desks are literally right next to each other. Yeah, and uh, we like to say that we try to solve the world's problems
0: multiple times. Multiple yeah. times,
1: yeah. yes. So, uh, yeah, the conversations that we have are great, and uh, I look forward to letting other people in on some of that. So, uh, but Sydney, I want to hear about your story and some of the along the way moments that God has brought into your life. So. Uh, if you can just tell a little bit about your journey.
0: Yeah, so um, here's a little bit about me. Um, I actually so I'll ta- start with my parents. My dad was actually born in Jamaica, emigrated to the U.S. when he was 12. Um, so I had the joy of just seeing that whole process of him becoming a citizen in the United um, in the U.S. of you know going through the naturalization process and then becoming a citizen. And then my mom, um, she's from America, from here. But my parents actually met in Toledo, Ohio. Um, and so they, together, and then eventually they, I know they lived in other places before they came to Pittsburgh, um, Hartford, Connecticut, and Kansas City, I think Missouri, I don't know, the maybe it was the Kansas side, <laughs> I think it might have been the, no, I think it was the Kansas side, anyway, it doesn't really matter, because yeah. I wasn't born there, but, um, yeah, my dad, um, worked in the fashion industry, and I believe he worked for a clothing store, that came to Pittsburgh, um you know, and then I grew up outside of, you know, I didn't grow up in the city of Pittsburgh, but outside of it Mm -hmm. by the airport. Um, And so what's really interesting is that, you know, when I think about my parents, my mom definitely instilled the faith aspect into me, brought me to church. I went to Crossroads United Methodist Church out in Oakdale. Uh, so as a young girl, like I was always like in church every Sunday. Um, I was part of the um, plays that they would have every year. Oh, cool. I actually had a solo one time. I sort of remember the song Long Before This Moment. Jesus loving you. I know my voice is <laughs> what that was. They think they gave me that one shot and then I never sing again. Oh. But I still think I can sing. But anyway, but um <laughs> Um and then my dad always was like the dream dreamer. Um, mm-hmm. and so he would always, you know, in Jamaica, they said, everything is irie, And my dad would always tell me anything is possible, which we know. Is everything is irie. Everything is irie, Like everything is all good, you know, relaxed, okay. chill. But then my dad would always tell me as a young girl, anything is possible. So, you know, when I heard that and then realized there was a Bible verse that exactly points to that, you know, <laughs> all things are possible through Christ Jesus. Um, that's just was kind of, for me, uh, just in life that always my, my father, my parents instilled into me that you can do anything Sydney. So, um, I guess one thing that's interesting about my upbringing or just, you know, I'm an only child. I don't have any siblings. So I had a lot of imaginary friends. One name was sister. I know it's very <laughs> very creative you had an imaginary
1: um, sister and it's great
0: yeah an imaginary sister it's like my my parents are like please don't tell anybody that but I'm like I'm proud of my sister anyway um, but also like I remember as a young girl that I had a play school recorder and so I would pretend to like make these stories and I would talk into the recorder and I'd interview these imaginary people hmm. so it's like since a little girl I always had this passion and desire of like stories and people and talking to me <laughs> talking to people and so I think it's very it's no coincidence a very fitting that I you know from a young age I feel like God pulled me into this like draw of like media and like tv and um having a fascination with movies and those sort of things but I love stories and um an interesting thing too like growing up I just remembered so the way I started off my day is I would um you know start off reading, like, Psalms and Proverbs in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'd watch MTV music videos to start off my day. Like, Enrique Ingele says I Can Be Your Hero was, like, really big at the time, uh-huh. and I would cry. I
1: remember that, yeah.
0: <laughs> I would watch that, and then also the Today Show. So that's how I would start my morning. Okay. From, like, 12 to, like, 15, 16 years old is something that, I guess, very few people know about me, but that was, you know, I would, it was, Wait, like... Wait, from
1: 12 to 15 you were doing mm-hmm. that?
0: Wow. Yeah, so I was, like, reading, I was reading the Bible. I was always, I loved the Word, um, and I guess it's like, you know, even I think of, I hear people saying like, this is the moment when I came to Jesus. I really, I'll be honest, I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I know that I like love God and he's always been part of my life, but I've always just loved the word of God. And so I really love, like as a young girl, like I would read Proverbs and Psalms and Um, and it's weird. I don't know. I'm going to say it's weird, but like, I love, I read Revelation. Like, I just loved reading the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) As like a young girl, so I would sometimes, even when I was a teenager, I would lock myself in my room, play electronic music and read the word of God and pray. That was my thing. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Am I doing okay, John? You're doing great. Okay. You're doing great. I'm just trying
1: to I never, I never have to worry about you being at a loss for words. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, I I did find it very interesting that, you know, as a, as a kid, you were going around interviewing imaginary people mm -hmm. or whoever you could like, I I really know that God places the desires that he has for us in our hearts. He gives us the desires of our heart. Literally he places them in us Mm -hmm. and it's so cool because I can look at my life and see there's some things that God has given like foreshadowing in my life to where he's brought me to now yeah so it's cool to see that in you too
0: yeah so it's like when i was you know thinking and preparing for this i was like okay what i'm going to talk about but i think that's the biggest thing when i look back on my life was like as a young girl like god placed those desires in my heart so you know i grew up of course like loving oprah and uh-huh. um and i remember actually it's really funny that when i started thinking about college and going to college um that I thought I remember Halle Berry because I was like, I'll be an actress. But I saw Halle Berry studied broadcast journalism. So in my head, I was okay. like, Oh, I'll go to school to be you know broadcast journalism, and then I'll become like Katie Couric, and then I'll become an actress and win a global award or whatever.
1: <laughs> so that was, that was your plan?
0: No, seriously, that was yeah. my my plan. Obviously, didn't turn out that way for probably for the There's best.
1: There's still time. There's still
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, yeah, and I, you know it's actually really funny, John, is that. I, you know, I wanted to go to college. I knew I wanted to go for broadcast journalism, and I first looked at the University of Maryland. Okay. No joke. They spelled my name wrong. They spelled it as Cindy, and I was like, if you can't even spell my name right, I'm not applying to your school. I was like, forget it. They had a really good journalism program. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually got a flyer in the mail from Temple University, and I kid you not, I remember, it, like, I think I was, like, 16, 17 years old. I think I met him at 16. God said, apply. Look into it. Go there. Kid you not. Um, And so I applied... I only applied to three places. I applied to Temple, Kent State, because I was in Ohio, Uh and they have a good journalism program, but I was like, "Mm, I ain't really feeling this. And then (laughs) University of Pittsburgh, because my mom works for UPMC, and I could have had like, tuition half off, but I just always knew in my heart that I wanted to kind of get outside of Pittsburgh, explore. Um, So I was like, oh, Philadelphia, cool. Let me look into this. Applied. And um, I guess even really trusting God in that season in that moment it was my first moment of like okay God like you spoke this to me you told me to apply to Temple University um I was actually put on the wait list I did terrible on my SATs I'm not ashamed to say I got an 890 based on the old 1600 scale and I I took you know the Kaplan classes all of that Uh I was like I'm gonna get like a 1300 I'm gonna get a scholarship because everybody said oh you're smart you'll do great I tanked Oh, my goodness. <laughs> on the SATs. And so I remember, like, my dad was, like, sitting here, even being able to get into college. And I was like, I don't know. Like, my SATs suck. So I remember just really, like, praying to God and just saying, like, if this is in your will, like, you told me about going to temple, then let it be. And I'm happy, you know, I can say. Now on the other side, obviously, yeah, like, yeah. tell my 16-year-old, 17-year-old self, like, it's okay. You made it. Um, so, yeah, like, when I actually got, um, I was put on the wait list. hmm and I'll never forget like go I would go on every day like checking like did I Did I get into Temple? Did I get in? And when I got in, I, like, screamed and I cried. I said, oh, my gosh, I'm going to Temple. I'm going to college. Uh, So, yeah, I went to Temple University, and it really was such a life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that I'm, like, away from home. At the time, it was ranked as the most diverse college in all the country. Oh, cool. So, I kid you not, I would stand on a street corner, go into my classes, and there'd be Asians, Latinos, Middle Easterns, and people speaking different languages, and we're all in the same school. So it was, I guess, in a glimpse. It's like kingdom, you know, and mm-hmm. it says like every nation, tribe, and tongue. Right. I was, and that's a big—that's
1: that. a big thing on your heart.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like the first time, you know, because where I grew up was a very homogeneous, you know, mm-hmm. um, mostly I call it cream Caucasian, like whatever you want to <laughs> say, you know. Yes. Um. I mean, as in you know, with a few African Americans, like. In you know that area, but it was just so beautiful to be around people of different cultures, different ethnicities, oh, yeah. and my fun. classrooms. I mean, even the classes I know might make people cringe. <laughs> like I had to take like religion classes, where we read the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, the Bible. But it was, I really looking back appreciate what Temple was doing to just see like okay, there's a world around you, and people look different, think differently than you, and you have to understand where people are coming from. So it mm-hmm. it was uncomfortable. I mean, I had a one class, this one teacher, which I knew she was like anti jesus but it was like who's right you know god or the devil in the garden we're all looking at each other like oh my gosh you know but i mean i look at those experiences and i'm, I'm grateful for them like i mm-hmm. can look back and be like you know what god i'm thankful because in the midst of having these tough conversations it challenged me to think about my faith and what i really believed or like i'm reading these different things or um you know i'm grateful i read the quran and i'm like wait a minute like some of the stories don't line up with the bible that right, right. you know i read but um so, yeah, and another interesting thing, so in college, I mean, yes, on the other side, I was partying, doing a lot of stuff. So I would party probably Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and go um, on Sunday. I was still going, getting up and going to church. <laughs> in the okay. Um, but one thing I think about, very big pivotal point where my life changed in um, terms of my faith and just my relationship with jesus is i took a class that was called intellectual heritage i don't even really know what that means Mm -hmm. like we'd read a bunch of like philosophers all this stuff but there was intellectual heritage one and intellectual heritage two and in the second class i remember this professor and everybody got an a like I think he just liked me. I don't know. I would just write these papers and everybody did good, but we'd have these really rich conversations about life and the way we see things in perspective. And I remember one day that actually our class was canceled and I was talking with some of the students and one of the students, he was Indian and he said his girlfriend was Jamaican and he goes, to this church? And I'm like, what kind of church do you go to? I'm so curious. I'm so drawn because I've never heard of like an Indian mm-hmm. whose family's from India and a Jamaican together. Like... That's just, you know, it's just. And
1: your dad being Jamaican, I'm sure that that piqued your interest.
0: Yeah. So I actually, um, he told me about the church called Epiphany Fellowship, and that church changed my life. Like, Mm. I went to the church, so it's a couple blocks away from the college campus, and Pastor Eric Mason, you know, he's phenomenal. The teaching that we got there, it's like, imagine being in a church. Everybody, the majority is 40 and under, every different color, and people are hungry for God. So it was Mm. the first time in my life. That I was surrounded around people that loved Jesus, that were serious, but they were just bold about it. And also, like there was a lot of Christian hip hop artists okay. that were part of um the congregation. Like Tripoli was actually a pastor. And so really? like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really cool. Um, I know his wife is like from Pittsburgh, which is a cool thing. So it was just it was amazing to see that, you know, to be part, like to see that and to have my pastor. But we were I mean, the stuff that he would teach, it was so it was Bible, like, this is what the Bible says with yeah. this. And, you know, we would talk about taboo things. We'd talk about relationship, sex, marriage, all of that. But, like, things that really affect our general, like, things that young people are going through, there was biblical application. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, I guess, what I'm run like, my backstory in history, like, faith-wise yeah. of it's amazing that in a place that, you know, Temple University, which is not a Christian school. I encountered Jesus in so many different ways and just living in North Philly and yeah, yeah. So it was am- it was amazing.
1: So I do want to hear about how you actually got into TV, mm-hmm. but before we get there, you were talking about God already. So yeah. um, do you remember the first thing that God spoke to you? Do you remember what it was and how did it change you?
0: Okay, so i don't say it's embarrassing so i guess like as a young girl like i'd always hear the voice of god but i don't remember like specifics but i remember audibly when i heard god um i was actually and my my husband knows (laughs) the story um but i was talking to a guy um he was norwegian and i remember you know just thinking like i thought like oh this is love i'm gonna be with him and god literally audibly heard like this is not your husband that was the first time I audibly heard the voice of God, and I know it's not common, and it mm-hmm. wasn't, like, I, like it was just very, like, I should, I, you know, let me back, it was like, this is not your husband, this is not your husband, I mean, it was, like, yelling. Oh, like, so it was
1: a stop, don't go any further. Oh, yeah, kind of, and it freaked me out.
0: Yeah. It freaked me wow. out. Like, I was in, like, I was, you know, I was, like, I told I was, like, I gotta go. And that, obviously that really, that stopped because mm-hmm. it's like, here I am, now the Christian girl, like, oh, well, God told me, like, I gotta go. So that was, like, the first time, like, I heard the voice of God and just really shifted my perspective. And I think I started thinking, because, you know, when you're on college campuses, I think mm-hmm. it's, like, the, that hookup culture, all of that right. is so common. Um, but to know that God loved me enough to say, stop, like, don't be with this guy, um That was huge. Yeah, really. (laughs) So it actually started, I started, like, it prompted in my heart, actually, to start really praying for my husband. Like, I knew Mm -hmm. I always wanted to get married, but I realized, I was like, wow, like, you're telling me this is not my husband. So obviously, you have somebody set apart for me.
1: Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Jake. (laughs) How did you uh, meet your husband?
0: So it's interesting. I met my husband, so she's my best friend. I call her my glory sister. She was dating a guy at the time. Um, that was friends with Jake and I don't even know how to make a long story <laughs> short. Um, I guess on my yeah. end it was like, you know, for my husband, and I, we, it's like crazy cause we both were in these serious relationships didn't work out. Thank God they didn't work out. Um, but I was getting these prophetic words word after word. Right. And looking back, it really stems from like the first promise of God saying like warning, like this man's not your husband because I have someone for you. But I was getting word after word, like your husband is coming. Your husband is coming after I was in this relationship. And I was like, Lord, if I hear one more word about my husband is coming and he almost flip out.
1: I know that feeling. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, and the the craziest word that was so descriptive that I got, and um, well, there's two. I'll share two parts of this. Um, so the crazy word that I got was, I was at a conference in Ohio with my best friend Rebecca. She was talking to her then boyfriend at the time, and I remember we were FaceTiming. Mm-hmm. Jake was in the background. Now I don't remember what Jake looks like, but I just remember, like I just remember hearing about this guy Jake. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And we went to this. Um, at the conference, this man of God, and you ever know, like, you're sitting in the man, and you're like, oh, he about to come up to me. I just had it, it was mm-hmm. in my spirit. I was just thinking he going to come up. And he looked at me, and he, he said, you know, you grew up in the church all your life, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, and God has a perfect one for you. And he actually put him right in front of you. And I'm like, what? Now, this is real descriptive. I said, so then in my head, I'm thinking, oh, he put it in front. So I'm looking at everybody. Yeah, I'm checking yeah, everybody. Yeah, your eyes are open. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, he's yeah. in front of me. And I would look at Rebecca. I was like, oh, look at that dude. He's in front of me. Clearly, no. Um, but then I also, again, like, I had a dream. Mm-hmm. And I remember in my dream was very, I don't remember anything about the dream except the end. And the girl's name was Hannah. There's This girl I knew, her name was Hannah. She was in my dream. She, it's like we're walking along and she looks back at me and she said, your husband is white. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And um, I remember actually going to the Extravagant Love makeover okay. that Cornerstone is affiliated. I was like recovering it and... I was sitting at a table and I was telling this lady. I don't even know how I got into this conversation. I said, "I needed, you know, someone who interprets dreams." And this lady looked at me and she's like, "Your dream is pretty simple. Like, are you okay? Like having a white husband?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm down for whatever." Um, and then I had another dream and I literally saw the back of my husband's head, which is blonde, and I saw the mm-hmm. cowlick that he had. So it's just with the crazy thing. Fast forward. Um, you know, Jake, a door opened up, Jake moves to Pittsburgh, we were talking back and forth, um, and it was very early, like I was praying and I remember being, cause I was living with my mom at the time, and I remember like I met Jake and I just, something was just, I was like, I don't know what's going on with this, but I'm laying this at your feet, Jesus mm-hmm. cause I was about to take a dating sabbatical fast, like I was done dating, cause I was tired of all the Ishmael's popping up, I know ladies understand, <laughs> when you're like waiting for the right one, and um I just remember being on my knees and I was praying and God said, like, um, I believe it's like Genesis twenty nine ten, And it said when, and that scripture says when Jacob saw Rachel and I just cried and I heard audibly God say, Jacob is your husband. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. And I was like, well, Lord, if you're telling me this, I said, you need to speak to him because I'm not going to look like a fool. <laughs> and um, so the next time Jake and I met up, he told me, he said, God spoke to him and was like, and he doesn't remember saying this. I remember saying this, mm-hmm. I'm saying this. But um, he said, "As much as my hair is blonde and my eyes are blue, I know that you're the one for me." God called, and I just we just cried. And at Mm -hmm. that moment, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So the crazy part of the dream, um, and this is how it all makes sense, I guess, and it's just God, how He is, is that um, my husband actually was his birth name. It was actually um, his last name was White, so God (laughs) knew the birth name. I was, and then he was adopted. Okay. um, by um, my our my father in law now his father who's Jewish that's how we have Goldman so it's just so crazy like yeah. God in His goodness was just like here's a clue so yes my husband is Caucasian but his birth name is white so it's hmm. so that's how we <laughs> and we've been we were
1: and that, but, that is a shorter version of the story yeah <laughs>
0: that's, that's like I'm trying to make it <laughs> yeah, like I great. know, for, for sake of time but yeah so. <clears throat> We were together yeah. for seven months and married, planned, did a wedding in four months, and that we've been married for two, two years.
1: Yay. Congratulations. Yeah, actually, that was a couple weeks ago. It was two years.
0: A month ago, Actually, today, so it's like, it's two years and one month. Two <laughs>
1: years and one month. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. And Jake is a great guy. Yeah, I'm, I
0: love him. He's, every,
1: every time I get a chance to be with him, he's always a great guy, too.
0: Yeah, so... He's a l- wonderful man of God, and I think the thing is, is that anybody who's listening, and I think when you're waiting even, is just like the one thing I think to pray for is somebody who loves God. Mm-hmm. My mentor, Reverend Dion, she always told me, she said, Sydney, marriage is two people who love God and then love one another, because what I'm realizing is that if you don't love God and don't have that relationship, it's and, and God in turn helps you to love yourself and some of the things that you've gone through, then you're not going to be able to love another person, so... So yeah. make sure that they love God and make sure they pray. Like somebody who's going to pray for you and hear right. from God. That is, so, it's it's more than, oh, he goes to church and he's a Christian. Mm-mm. I don't care what the, you can check any box mm-hmm. off. To me, it's about, are you in a relationship? Are you following? Are you hungry? or you thirsting for God? So, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. So your journey to get to where you're at now yeah. or how we met mm-hmm. working at Cornerstone together, you faced some detours getting here. Can you tell me about some of the... Some of that journey
0: so i guess like um to go back i probably have to like start like in college and just really to share like what god mm-hmm. has done um because i don't know necessarily if they're detours or be not i have no idea but i just see how god is literally like god has literally opened up every single door that i've had in media i have never i'm telling like and this is not me it is god i have never applied for it like i never had a Apply for a job it's literally the like the door opened up mm-hmm. so it started first um when i was in college i was working at gap at the time you know makes ends meet and there was a um it was called the temple of association of black journalists and i worked every single wednesday at gap the one wednesday where there was this networking i happened not to be on the schedule i met a man um named chris blackman who was the at the time the news director of the nbc philadelphia and we just had a conversation mm-hmm. and he said i want to give you an internship it was just like that and i was a sophomore in college and then i was like oh shoot well i don't know how it's all gonna work out because i don't have a place to live and i just walked on faith and i told my parents i was like i can't pass up this opportunity right and at the time i was trying to get into cbs because we had a family friend that was connected with cbs and um so yeah i like walked that's on the and- big station in philly Mm-hmm. So CBS, like, they're, um, yeah, it just it was totally a blessing because um, they're owned and operated by the networks themselves. So I've learned a lot right. just from there. And it's, so that was, like, the start of, so I was an intern. I had my summer internship with 30 other people. And the crazy thing is, is this how I got my first job in TV is the bus that I took, the 44 bus in Philly. Um, the manager at the time over promotions, we rode the same bus. <laughs> so we would sit and have conversations and just talk. And out of that, they said, you know, we just really want you to work here. So in my junior year of college, I'm working in Philadelphia, and it was I had the best first job ever. So it was like a promotions assistant would go to different places in the city, help promote um the station. And then right. I was it was called live on location, where literally it would go to beaches. I went to the when the Phillies won the World Series, like before they won, I was on the. Like, I mean. God, I was like, this is awesome, getting paid for this? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I think the hardest thing, though, I guess, like, when I graduated, so I graduated in 2010. And we all know the economy was shot and it was crappy and they were cutting jobs like mm-hmm. crazy. And just really trusting God in that process of, um, I put out a resume tape because I was wanted to be, you know, a reporter at the time. And no jobs popped up. I mean, I applied probably to 50 jobs, like, across the country. Nothing. Hmm. And, um, so the station I was working at, NBC was gracious enough to say like, okay, you can still, you know, work as a, a PA, a production assistant. I was working at a restaurant as a hostess trying to make ends meet. So I know I was probably making about a thousand dollars a month that covered my rent. I mean, thank God I worked at oh, well. a restaurant because I was eating for free, but that... I don't know if that was a detour or just really a life lesson. That mm. was the one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. Is twenty two, twenty three, living in the city of Philadelphia, and you're on the bottom. Like you, you, I felt it, and um, I remember cussing out God. I'm not even gonna lie, like, because I was so <laughs> yeah. mad. I was like, God, That's so like, real. I was like, you told me that I'm, you know, called to be in TV, and nothing's happening. No doors are opening. I mean, I was frustrated, and um, yeah, that was a. 22, 23 was rough. It was ugly. Um, but really learning to trust in God. And then I heard him say, look to become a producer. And I was like, okay. And this like trusting and hearing that voice like door started opening up. And so eventually I got um, some a friend, this is another, got like a good family friend who uh-huh. was working at the NBC station here in Pittsburgh, told me that there was a position opened up. I just happened to talk to the news director. Literally. They said, take a writing test. I was like... I don't know. Like, I mean, my computer didn't even work. Okay, so I had to drive to like <laughs> Temple, like thirty minutes away, to take this writing test. And they called me and they said we want to offer you a job. So it's like, oh my gosh, wow. I'm moving back to so, because I thought I was done. I didn't think I was ever coming back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my plan. I guess maybe the detour was Sydney's plan was I'm gonna go live in New York or do this, but God's plan was right. no, you're gonna um, no, you're gonna go back to Pittsburgh. So. Worked at Channel 11 for three and a half years. God called me to, like, leave that. That was a whole other journey <laughs> and step. And um, and the way I got connected to Cornerstone is the church I go to, Petra, my two mentors I have that used to work here, mm-hmm. um, Ray and Renee, love them. Um, they brought me here, and I connected with Dave. And it was one of those, I remember, so I had just quit my job. At oh, yeah. And I, I remember was, meeting you that day. And I like you know just trusting Jesus and um, and God opened a door here, so I've been here before four years in August, which is crazy. So that's the long version. That's great. Like that's My great. story.
1: Yeah. So I, I like how you said you know you weren't sure if those are detours, but you followed where God led you basically. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not and it's not easy. I'm telling you, I'm not. It's not like you know. It's telling the story now. It's a lot, It was a lot of like I'm angry, I'm mad. Oh yeah. You cry um, and just trusting and believing Jesus. But I think what I've even just hearing myself share that story, I think it's so important. When God, it's standing on the promise of God and knowing that you just got to stand on it no matter what it looks like because he will never leave us nor forsake us. And, he, and he's not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. Mm-hmm. So if he said it, you got to believe it.
1: Yeah. Now, Sydney, what has happened in your life that you can look back and you say, oh, Jesus was walking with me, but I didn't see it at the time. Can you tell me uh, a little bit about one of those times?
0: I guess... The times that I could really say—I'll go back to, I think, one that um, just made me grow, like, just as a person was just when I was 23 and just trusting with God um, because I think it's just, once again, there comes a point, like, you can believe in God— and then no, like, but there's a knowing of God and an intimacy, mm-hmm. like, with God. And I think when those times when I had nothing to lean on but God Himself, like, I couldn't. Try, it wasn't my mom, my dad. Like, nobody was giving money, but I had to lean on Jehovah Jireh. Like, he. It's that's when I've learned so so much about who God is. And you know, one thing that's interesting when I was working after I graduated from college is I worked Friday and Saturday. No, excuse me, Saturday, Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. And I had to catch the bus. Like, I had to be at work at 4 a.m. And I had to catch the bus really early. The amazing thing is, is never once did it rain, did it snow, nothing. uh, The whole time that I was working. And I remember looking up at the stars and just talking to God, and I know God was walking with me. I mm-hmm. never got mugged. I never got jumped. I saw people getting jumped in front of me or, like, hearing gunshots. But I know without a shadow of a doubt wow. that God was walking with me and protecting me. And so even as hard as it was to go through that season and go through that time as 23, you know, graduating from college and barely making any money at all, and you're struggling like you're mm-hmm. broke— I learned so much more about the goodness and the love of God that he has for me. And so I think when I look back on my life and if I hit a hard spot, I always think about, okay, remember when he did that. Like, I think it's so important yeah. to, no matter what we go through, hardships are going to come, you know.
1: Absolutely. Like,
0: we're not, just because you become a Christian or, you know, you, when you give your life to Jesus, it's not it's not like, okay, everything's scotch-free and everything. Mm-hmm. No, there's, you find joy you know, in the midst of the pain. And that's, I actually read somewhere recently, it says joy is the beginning of pain. And I think if we think about it that way, knowing when you're going through a hardship or a hard time, but knowing that he's walking with me, that I lean not on my own understanding and I trust in him, and just surrendering to like his will and his way, when things don't go the way we expect it, we'll be blown away. And I think you just learn, your relationship with God becomes that much stronger and tighter and unbreakable.
1: Yeah. If you could go back into the past and visit yourself somewhere and have coffee with yourself and give yourself, give a younger Sydney mm-hmm. your, um, give a younger Sydney some advice. Where would you meet yourself, and what would you say?
0: You know, the first when you said the first thing came to mind. I would actually sit in my childhood bedroom because it was this bright neon, it was ugly. I don't even know why I painted that. And then it turned to pink. But anyway, I would sit in the bedroom when I was do being having my imaginary moments and talking and be like, and I would say, like, daddy's right. Anything is possible. Because I think that, to me, is just like, I look back and everything that God said, it's like, it's happened, you mm-hmm. know? And I think if I would have that conversation, be like, dare to dream, and don't be afraid of your dreams, and, you know, the things that you spoke as a little girl and the things that you dared to dream... It did come true. So you you made it. Yeah. (laughs) You made it through, yeah.
1: That's great. Sydney, do you have a life verse that you continually stand on?
0: So that's interesting. I guess it's like, I know probably the... There's like, you know, trust in the Lord with all in your heart, mm-hmm. lean not on your own standing. But, you know, recently, I don't know if this is a life verse, but I just get excited that um, trampling on serpents and scorpions. Oh, I love that. It says Jesus gave us the power to trample on serpents and scorpions so nothing will overcome us, that the, that the enemy can't overcome us. And I think that's like the thing of knowing that, I don't know if that's a life verse, <laughs> but I just love this idea of no matter what we go through, no matter what we walk through, that we mm-hmm. have the power, we have the authority to trample on things and be like, because Christ is in me, then I know I can stomp on this or I can overcome this. And so I don't know if that's that's a pretty, pretty way of saying it, but I think in this season, I'm just more and more in my life when obstacles come or I see things or I face situations that I just know that it's like I can trample on that thing. And also another thing... Um, and may I don't know if it's a verse, but just in my heart is just the power of surrender, the power of worship, mm. and bowing down. And so, no matter what that thing is, what's in front of you, if it's like a you know a job situation or a life situation or a relationship situation, I just know the power of getting on my knees. There's power when you get on your knees and you just worship. Yeah, and that's when you're on your knees that that's when you and even if that thing doesn't move in front of you even if that thing looks the same right like there's many moments in my life things look the same it didn't the situation didn't change but my god didn't change and that's why I'm going to still worship my god nah. and still worship Jesus and still put my hands in the air because when you do that eventually you'll see that mountain come collapse and come down
1: yeah how do you apply the revelation that god gives you to your life what are hmm. some practical things that you do when God speaks
0: I think I just rehe- like over and over again I meditate on it like um when I w- the church I used to go to in Philadelphia they taught us of like like reading the Bible um and the one thing I love is he said don't just I think a lot of times we want to I mean it's good to read scriptures and know stories and all of that but sometimes it's when the Holy Spirit stops you somewhere you stay on that scripture doesn't matter if it's a week it's for a month or a whole year it's just like I'll just stay on that scripture and I'll chew on it and I'll meditate on it and I'll seek God for revelation. I I love the Blue Letter app
1: oh, Bible yeah, app. too.
0: And just like with the like I love Strong's concordance and breaking down the word and just that's for me is like revelation because I want to get everything that God has for me when he's saying he's viewing me and cooling me in on one scripture, one mm-hmm. word, or if he speaks something to me or gives me a vision. So I think those are the things in every moment I try to just be mindful of him. And, um, and just every, when I'm walking or if my, that mindset, or I'll be like, okay, cast that thought down. I mean, it's just like really practically walking out. And I think yeah. the biggest, the best thing for us as Christians is like, yeah, it's about being intimate with God. I think there's a Hebrew word that I love and it's yada, and it means to know. And if the way, if you break it down, it means like knowing it's, it's like an intimacy, almost like, um, with a husband and wife relationship, there's an intimacy what we have with Mm -hmm. God. And I think that is so important. I think there is a big difference between, okay, believing in God, but when you know God and when you've experienced God and you've tasted him and you've felt him, that's a whole different relationship. And I think that's how you can continually stay in gaining revelation. And another thing is I just ask for wisdom. Mm. You know, I'm I'm Solomon inspires me. I read a passage how Solomon like gave so much stuff to the temple. I mean, I don't I don't know how much it meant. And nowadays, it's probably like millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But his heart wasn't about I want a fame. I want a platform. I want a church. No, he wanted the wisdom of God. He just wanted to know right. what God is up to. So I think that's in my heart is like I just want to know God your wisdom. What is your heart? What is your ways? What do you want in the world? How do you want us to love people? That's what I desire more than anything else than money. I mean, I don't, I don't care about those things.
1: Yeah. So what, what's next for you, Sydney? Because you're talking about, um, you know, seeking God for what's next and how he views things. So Mm -hmm. what what do you, what do you feel God saying now?
0: You know, I don't know. (laughs) I'm in a place of I definitely know my husband and I are in a place of transition, but we're really just, like, seeking out God to hear, okay, what do you want? Because I think so often in my life I made these plans, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I've realized, like, God has detoured me, you know, like your previous question. And I think I'm in a place now it's like, I want your will. That's yeah. it. That's all I want. So, you know, I know there's a lot of things God has spoken over our lives. Um, my heart is, like, I love people. I just I really just want to be able to love people the way... God wants you know loves them yeah. and I think a thing is I my husband and I we know there's a call of deliverance mm-hmm. I I love loving unbroken people that is my my heart and I don't care how far away they are I just like I think that's like doing that more effective because Jesus that's what he commanded us he said you know right. go and like you know be my disciples and share the gospel but share love with people because I think there's so many hurting people in the midst and so my husband and I, I think we're Really, just being sensitive of like, how can we show God's love just where we are? You know, before we go to the nations or before we do anything else, how do I show love in the midst of my community, or how do I reach out to those people like um, my the Buddhists and the Muslim? Like, I'm like that's like my heart because Mm -hmm. I I feel like that's Jesus's heart. So
1: yeah, do you have any books that you would recommend for me to read?
0: You know, I don't read a lot of books. one that comes to mind, I really like Mal- Malcolm Gladwell. I used to read his whole series a okay. lot, like The Outliers, because I just love like um, learning about like social sciences and people and just like way people interact and movement in society. Um, what's another book? I don't. I did read actually. Okay, I lied. I did read one book. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm sure you've read a lot more than one. But... It's
0: actually called The Prodigal God. It's really good by Timothy Keller. That okay. was a really good. It was my husband. He's in. Um, Bible college right now. And so I, I, I was in my bookshelf. I was like, oh, let me read it. It was actually really good. And it's a different take on the prodigal son because mm-hmm. everybody looks at It's actually a prodigal. There's two sons in right. that story. But it's really, you just have to read the book. But that's that's the last book I read.
1: That, that's good. That's okay.
0: <laughs> and the Bible. Read the Bible. Right,
1: right. Read, read the, Bible. the
0: Bible every day. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, Sydney, I appreciate your time and the fact that we're able to work together and that you're one of the hosts on the Real Life program and you get to interview all these really cool guests that we have on the show and uh it's, it's fun to see god move through you and uh just to see somebody like yourself that is a willing person to do whatever god says to do and to say whatever god says to say and to just be bold and that's something that i really appreciate about you oh
0: thank you this was fun thank you for having me be part of along the way
1: i hope that you've enjoyed my conversation with sydney goldman She is a shining star for Jesus and is truly sold out to Him. It is really a joy working with her to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ through the airwaves. Through her journey, she reminded us that anything is possible with God. If He's given you vision, He will give you provision. I love that she used to interview her dolls and even her imaginary friends. That is so incredible to see how God was giving her glimpses of her purpose through her imaginations and dreams as a child. What are some of your childhood dreams that might be from God? It's worth asking God to remind you of those things and see if there is something that God still has for you wrapped up in those dreams. I encourage you to take some time and ask God about that for your own life. Sydney's advice about waiting for someone who loves God and prays is very practical, but not that easy. Thank the Lord that she waited for the right man of God to be brought into her life. But even while we were still waiting for whatever it might be, God can handle your frustration. He can take it. Tell him. Even if you need to yell at him, he can take it. And you might just find out that he is waiting for you to cry out to him in desperation. Jesus gave us power and authority because Jesus Christ is in us. Sydney mentioned the book Prodigal God by Timothy Keller. I'll be providing a link for that in the show notes. You can watch Sydney on my show, Real Life, on Cornerstone Network. You can go to reallife.ctvn.org to enjoy episodes of Real Life. Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this episode with a friend who might be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to us. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at my website, alongtheway.media. And you can always email me at johnalongtheway at gmail.com. I hope you've enjoyed this part of my journey and may you realize when Jesus is walking with you, along your
0: way.